Hello, this is Feasts and Seasons with Auntie Joanna. There's a hymn to Mary that begins, May is the month of Mary, bright is the sun above. As St. John Henry Newman pointed out over a hundred years, 150 years ago, May is not always a bright sunny month in England. As he puts it, we have often a bleak, inclement May. So the tradition in Europe of sunshine and blue skies in Maytime being suitable for Mary doesn't quite echo with us here in England. But he went on to say, May is nevertheless the month of promise. It's beginning to be a time when summer is on the way. The early flowers are out, notably the bluebells, always associated with Mary. And it's the month when we're looking ahead to June, July and August, the warm months. As one who personally is not that keen on very hot weather, I, I like my cosy, rainy days as, as it happens. I don't mind a bleak, inclement May, but either way, I do, of course, love the celebration of Mary in May. It goes back a very, very long way. And in our country, there's an association of names, May and Mary. And there were, for many, many years, the traditions connected with crowning a May queen that undoubtedly goes back to the Middle Ages and honouring Mary in May and having young girls play a major part in the procession and one of them crowning a statue. It's all very old and yes, perhaps there was an element of some pagan idea of springtime and young women and flowers and growth all folded into that, but it's been Christianized into something very, very strongly associated in Catholic minds with purity and love. May is the month of Mary, and honouring Mary is no pagan thing at all. But veneration for Mary, the mother of our Redeemer, Mary, the mother of God. Mary, whose yes makes the whole great project of the Incarnation happen. The Annunciation is a dialogue. It's sort of liturgical. It's like at Mass. There's a word and a response. And the response in a profound sense is necessary for the whole thing. So what about Feasts of Mary in May? Well, over the centuries, there are more than there were in just the idea of May as the month of Mary. And in modern times, very modern times, we've had a new one added. The first Monday after Pentecost is now the feast only started in 2018 of Mary, Mother of the Church. 2018, Pope Francis decreed that the memorial of the Blessed Virgin Mary, Mother of the Church, is inserted into the Church's calendar on the Monday after Pentecost, what in old-fashioned English we call Whit Monday, and it was a day that was of course a public holiday for many, many years. We now have the complicated spring bank holiday and late spring bank holiday. But Whit Monday will always be Mary, Mother of the Church. Very, very important. At the Second Vatican Council, everything was wrapped up in a document about Mary. She is the mother of wisdom. And in a sense, she is a type of the church, Christ and the church, bridegroom and bride. The church is female and we call her mother. But Mary is not the bride of Christ, but his mother, so she is mother of the church. 
There's a very rich theology here, and there's something very important that we explore. We are Mary's children, Mary's children, and she's mother of the church. Another comparatively new feast day in May is May the 13th, the feast of Our Lady of Fatima. It's now very well known that there was a vision at, at Fatima in Portugal. The name is very interesting because, yes, there is a link with the daughter of Mohammed, and so Muslims too are intrigued by all this. A vision of Mary seen by three children who were very poor, semi-literate, and were out tending the family sheep in a very different Europe before everybody automatically went to school in childhood. They had a vision of Mary, and the story of what she said has become central to the life of the church in these days. In 2017, the 100th anniversary, the centenary of that apparition, Pope Francis went to Fatima. The children who saw the vision are now on the way to canonization. There's something extraordinary about the Fatima story because it's all bound up with the horror of what happened in Europe in the 20th century. The original Fatima vision in 1917 at the height of the Great War, and yet it was happening in rural Portugal and the children knew nothing of these events. And central was the idea that one day Russia would be converted and there were times during the 20th century when that seemed really very unlikely, and now it's happening. Mary never said it would happen all at once. And we saw the collapse of communism after John Paul dedicated the world, including Fatima, to Mary. And we saw the collapse of communism in 1989 through the dramatic events that unfolded after John Paul, now Saint John Paul, the great Pope, dedicated the world, including Russia, of course, to Mary. The collapse of communism was something quite extraordinary. A whole generations had grown up thinking there might one day be a nuclear war between the communist USSR and the West, and it didn't happen that way. It happened through the collapse within of the atheistic system of communism. Find out more about Fatima, and the feast is in May, May, the month of Mary. Incidentally, there's a new booklet out from the Catholic Truth Society, just published this month to mark the feast of Our Lady of Fatima, by Timothy Tyndall Robertson about Fatima, giving all the prayers and the inspirational messages of that feast. Find out too about St. John Paul. He was shot on May the 13th in 1981 in St. Peter's Square. He recovered and a year later went to Fatima to give thanks to Mary, the Virgin of Fatima, whose intercession he had begged as he lay there. It was an extraordinary chapter in the life of the church. Weirdly, on that Fatima anniversary when he went to give thanks, there was another murder attempt. A man rushed and stabbed him, belonging to a schismatic, weird group. And John Paul recovered again. Fortunately, that was a far less serious attempt. It drew blood, but he, he wasn't seriously wounded. Find out about Fatima. May is the month of Mary. And then at the end of the month, we have the Feast of the Visitation. This is rather beautiful. The Visitation, described in the Gospel of St. Luke. Mary rose with haste, it says, after the angel Gabriel had come to her to tell her she would bear a son and name his name Jesus. 
Mary rose with haste because the angel had told her something else, that her cousin Elizabeth, who everyone thought too old to have a child, was also to have a child, was expecting a baby, and was in her sixth month. So that was in March, we count the calendar, and you come to her the fullness of her time in June, the feast of the birthday of John the Baptist on June the 24th. We mark the Annunciation on March the 25th, and so the visitation falls between the two. It's worth reading that gospel description because it's the first understanding we have of Christ as Almighty God in the womb of Mary. Mary, who is also mother of the church. Mary is carrying the child, Almighty God himself, beneath her beating heart, and she travels along the way to her cousin Elizabeth, who runs out to greet her and says that she hails her as the mother of the Lord and says, the child in my womb leapt for joy, and that is John the Baptist. And there's a strong echo here of David leaping before the Ark of the Covenant, which was also something carrying the Holy of Holies, traveling along the lanes of the Holy Land. There's something very, very important about Mary as the Ark of the Covenant carrying the Holy of Holies in her womb and Elizabeth greeting her as David greeted the Ark. The old hymns about May and Maytime talk about flowers. Bring flowers of the rarest, bring blossoms the fairest. Bring flowers of the rarest. Some of our flowers are named after Mary, the most obvious one, marigolds. Long ago, Catholics associated Mary with what was beautiful and fresh and springtime. And so a lot of our old traditional names for flowers echo Mary's name. Find out about these. And there's a very useful book about a, creating a Mary garden called A Garden for Mary. And uh, the author, Felicity Surridge, has done a great deal of work. And she and her husband, Malcolm, have created a beautiful Mary garden. If you're in London, visit the Church of St. Joseph in New Malden, just along the main Kingston Road, and you'll see the Mary Garden with the plants and flowers named, all of those that are connected to Mary. And they've been donated by people in memory of parents and so on who died. So the garden is a place of prayer and very popular. And people locally have noticed that all sorts of people go there and leave little poses of their own. And you see people, and definitely not just Christians, Hindus and Muslims too, praying in front of the statue of Mary. Find out about the mystery of the story of Fatima and why Muslims are intrigued. Maybe this is the beginning of something that they will come to understand about Mary's true role and the fullness of redemption in Jesus Christ. Mary, you see, is not a soppy figure. It's not just about 19th century hymns. It's about the deep theological mystery of God made man. God becoming a human person for our redemption because he loved us. In the womb of a woman, under her beating heart, a young woman whom we honour in the springtime of the year, in May, and who is traditionally associated with purity, with beauty and with joy. There is something about May and Mary that is worth exploring. It's nice to have your own little shrine at home, put poses of flowers there, fashion a little crown out of flowers and crown her. 
light a candle there, pray the rosary, alone or with others. Mary is our mother. Whether we gather as a group and go in a procession singing, as one has so often done at Walsingham down that country lane, or whether we're at home alone lighting a candle in a little shrine, or whether we're in church with people saying the rosary together during the month of May. There is something very important about Mary in Maytime and something rather exciting about the fact that the story continues, Fatima, in 1917. Mary, mother of the church, in 2018. The story continues. Mary was central to the Second Vatican Council in the 20th century. Mary is the mother of the church in the 21st. Mary has been there from the beginning of Christ's life on earth. She was there as he sprang into life in her womb. The story continues, and Mary is our mother all along. Enjoy the month of May. Enjoy Mary's month. You're listening to Auntie Joanna, Joanna Bogle on Feasts and Seasons. Send us any of your stories. Tell us how you celebrate the feasts and seasons of the church's year. Any family traditions? What do you do, make, eat and sing for the different feasts of the year? What will you be doing for the feasts that are coming up? Send us your stories at info at radiomariaengland.uk.